0: Hey folks. Welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. We want to help you make a shift. Please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today I'd like to welcome Leslie Brooks. Leslie is an academic organizational specialist with over 20 years experience in the field. Her specialty is in helping people become more confident learners and to tap into their strengths while teaching compensatory strategies to override the individual's challenges. She also assists those who need support in organizing their daily lives for lifelong optimum performance. Boy, do we need that now, (laughs) for sure. I have had the opportunity to work with Leslie when my girls were young And we're both diagnosed with executive function disorder, a learning challenge under the umbrella of learning disabilities. I like to call them learning challenges. I like to use personal experience with my clients and audiences because I also feel that it brings reality into the discussion. So I'll talk a little bit about me a little bit later. And what's quite remarkable is that the challenges that my girls had began in the second grade. Their IQ scores were quite high, yet performance was just not matching up. Luckily, we had wonderful teachers who suggested neuropsychology testing to identify where the brain processing issues arose. Now, backing up to my story in the early 50s and 60s when I was in school, I recall the second grade being torturous and I gained 55 pounds that year, hence becoming a dietitian. <laughs> Reading comprehension and math word problems were excruciating for me. And almost a carbon copy of the challenges that my girls faced. Only in the 90s and the 2000s, we not only had a name, but also support. And so this is where Leslie comes in. And I have referred so many clients to her over the years, both children and adults, because in my work, we not only talk about the nuts and berries, you know, the nutrition piece, but the emotional and psychological aspects of one's well being. So welcome Leslie and thank you for being here today. It's so great to have you.
1: It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yes, this is wonderful. So so tell us your story a little bit about how you got to where you are today. You know, when you got your calling and knowing that this was your path. Um, I guess I decided to go
1: back to graduate school years ago after I had my three children and um, I had had a difficult time in high school, and so I had some neuropsychological testing done myself to find out where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are, and just to help me maneuver through graduate school a little more easily. And what I discovered was was that I was really better at a lot of things than I ever realized I was I just didn't know it. It was the way it was being taught to me. And this wasn't the fault of the teachers. It was just a product of the time. Mm. You know, they just didn't know. Um, And so I learned a lot about myself. And then when I went to school, I had to do things differently. Mm. You know, I, I had to work very, very hard. And I had to start creating practices that really I had, you know, that really weren't in place. It's not something that anyone ever taught me. And I actually became so good at it that one of my professors, and then later actually a second and third, asked me to tutor undergrad students. And I did that and I loved it. And so then I thought, oh, this is something that maybe I could do when I'm done. You know, so, and that's really the beginning. Years before that, I had also tutored younger kids just because I enjoy working with young people. But these were much younger people. They were really in elementary school, middle school. Mm-hmm. And now the predominance of my practice is really college and grad students. I have some high school students now.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing, yes. So um, so how, what were the, some of the obstacles that you ran into in terms of getting to where you are now? Yeah, so I mean, one of
1: the things that I realized through my neuropsychological testing, right, is that I myself have learning challenges. I have ADHD Mm -hmm. and I have learning challenges. And so I had to figure out with what I have, how do I get to where I want to be? Mm -hmm. And so everything had to be planned out. So I, I used an agenda and I was very careful that every single thing was written down. Not just some things, but everything. You know that I'm going to do for a. Day. When I was in grad school, I don't do it as much right now, but you know, I just the more busy I became, the more organized I also had to become. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this with my three kids, so I had to be really organized <laughs> at that time. Um, and I think again, just planning things out, you know, with a week at a glance, having the hours broken down. And the plan, when am I going to do something? When will this be accomplished? And literally, meetings with professors or meetings with someone at the school for one of my children, everything, you know, is written down. And I think that helped me a lot.
0: The other wow. piece,
1: I guess, one other thing, I'm sorry, one other thing I guess I could think of too is um, just giving myself positive reinforcement mm. as I would complete tasks. That was really helpful too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so interesting because I've used week at a glance or did now where everything is sort of like on the computer, but I loved and would have my clients bring their week at a glance book or make them go out and purchase one. And we would write in the activities uh, with color codes and all of that, which we'll talk about a little bit later, because that's a strategy that you use as well. Yeah. It's interesting how it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about learning or you're talking about medical and health you know we all require those same uh ways of actually helping us to accomplish things accomplish tasks right
1: and then i think if people can keep track of what they need to do online or any of the wonderful you know google calendar i count any any of those they're great for many people with learning differences they actually do better with uh, a hard copy yes i agree you know, for whatever reason, it's a different modality. It's, you know, connecting with a different aspect of the brain and yeah. So that I think can be more helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me how you work with neuropsychologists and teachers. Mm -hmm.
1: So neuropsychologists will often, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. um, Neuropsychologists often will refer people to me Mm-hmm. give me a call and they'll say, you know, until they have the okay to do it, they can't tell me their name. But in the meantime, they'll just let me know. I have so I, a student, you know, say, you know, Brandeis, back in Massachusetts. And um, this is somebody who I think you'd really love to help. Do you have any openings in your schedule? And then I will, you know, need to see either yes or no and go from there. I meet with the people. It's all online now. Mm-hmm. everybody is remote and, and I was doing this well before the present time mm-hmm. you know so I've been doing this now about five years you know just all of my students are remote now and so you know we meet and we also have to make a connection you know that's important do they want to work with me sure. because if I can have somebody buy into the I'm sure it's the same in your practice right that somebody yeah, has to
0: believe in you absolutely i always have a a free call with somebody just so we can say you know are we going to be a compatible match you know in terms of working together most definitely you have to have that energy yes
1: right right because you're seeing them you know in my case you know i may be working with somebody as many as three times four times a week on occasion Mm -hmm. you know and if i'm doing that you you want to make sure there is you know this connection between the two of you definitely
0: Yeah, most definitely. Do you have any ideas on why you think there are so many learning challenges?
1: I I do. I, I think personally, I mean, you know, and this may not be true later on, we may find out, but I think that there have always been these learning challenges. I think learning challenges have been just part of Every, you know, just humans forever. As long as the classroom has been, it, let's face it, that's rather new, right? What are we mm-hmm. for cla- people learning in a classroom? 150 years, maybe. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, so it's not something we always did. I think the learning differences, the ADHD, I think it's always been there. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, we're expecting people to sit still, young young people, but mm-hmm. six eight hours a day. Even my grad students now are sitting, you know, they're sitting there all day long in front of a computer screen because they're not meeting in person. So, you know, and I, I think what we have now that we didn't have before is the knowledge that, you know, why is this happening? Let's have, you mentioned, Julie, the neuropsychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. You wanted to figure out like why your girls weren't doing what you knew they could do. Mm -hmm. So you went and had the testing done and they found out the strengths and they found out their weaknesses. And that wasn't available to us as parents or educators years ago. So I think now because... There is, and there's conversation, there's books and, you know, it's alluded to in films and, and in, on television, somebody will say something about ADHD or, you, you know, talking about different forms of, you know, on the autism spectrum or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, and I think because we're talking about it, I think that we think that there's more we're in actuality. I think it's always been there.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really very been. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we have so much more knowledge. You know, again, what I get excited about is I do genetic testing in my, in my practice, and that can tell us a little bit about cognitive, brain function, mood disorders. And, and again, it's only a blueprint. It's not, you know, it's not deterministic, but you know, there are things in our biochemistry, the way that we're born, the way that we're raised and some of the environmental influences, whether it's food, toxins or whatever, that can sort of change things and create some of these little aberrations as well. So it's just, it's such an exciting time to kind of look at all of it. But I love that idea that you bring up about uh, the classroom is really kind of young in in humanity, most definitely. The historic, yeah,
1: yeah, the classroom, there is always probably education available to the upper classes, but for the masses, Mm. and that's pretty much a new new concept, right? Yeah, and I love the way you know you talk about nutrition and its link with education. You know, for my younger students, I don't have to worry quite as much about their nutrition because they're living at home and their parents, hopefully, if you know they've found their way to my door, I know that they're probably fairly, you know, wise educated people who mm-hmm. know that their children need to eat, you know, a good nutritious diet. But some of my older students, once they're in college, and then certainly by graduate school, they're on their own more, you know? And so then a part of my practice, I will often say, every time I meet with them, how's your sleep? How's your nutrition? What? Mm-hmm. Because if they're eating, you know, terribly, it's not going, they, it won't help them as learners. Sure. So it's yeah. completely linked.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm so glad that you're talking about, you know, sleep and, and what they're eating, because again, it's so, it's so, so connected, especially now that we're again, using more blue light, you know, the things that actually sort of affect our brain chemistry. And some of the recent studies are showing that melatonin production is actually blunted. The more we're on our devices and melatonin is one of our major sleep chemicals. And it's also one of our major antioxidants and has actually been studied during the COVID pandemic. So, you know, it's all connected. It's so interesting. Yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think that's so important to recognize. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know one thing that I learned about myself is that I'm a kinesthetic learner. And, um, and so I do much better when I'm interacting with what I learned. And, uh, I've actually found it challenging to be on the computer all the time and listening because I'm not as good at you know reading and auditory. Um, and so I oftentimes am printing off whatever I need to do, and I do recycle my paper, folks. <laughs> but I mark up my pages with my red ink and my yellow highlighters. And I remember you're doing this, you know, as a skill with both my girls as well. But again, I just find it so helpful. So What are a few techniques that you can uh, provide for listeners to uh, to try? So,
1: I mean, it's always, we mentioned an agenda. It doesn't have to be like that too. I mean, somebody else might enjoy a calendar, a wall calendar Mm -hmm. that they can see. It's it's important that it's something that you're looking at
0: all Mm the time.
1: And as far as color coding, it, yeah, you mentioned that as far as for a visual learner, that's a great idea using colored pens, using sticky notes, mm-hmm. tabs, um, whether it be f- for textbooks, but a lot of my students don't have textbooks anymore. All of the documents are online now. Or online, yeah. Right, and so for some students, if they're really more kinesthetic or visual learners, I will suggest that they actually print out some of the, the work that they need to do, it's, it's costly. And yes, it wastes mm-hmm. paper, but it helps them a lot because they can underline it and they can make comments on it that, you know. And of course there are opportunities to do that online as well. You mm-hmm. can highlight things online and you can write your notes on the site. It, it's a different, again, it's a different modality. It doesn't yep. reflect you the same way. You're not absorbing it in the same way.
0: Sure, sure, yeah.
1: And then you, know, you mentioned different types of learners. Um, you know, there's the three basic, right? There's the auditory, kinesthetic, and the um, visual learner. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of students, certainly you know, my students, one of the things that has become extremely obvious to me over the years is that the classroom, and you know, honestly, even all, all the online lectures now, are really geared for auditory learners. It's all about listening. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is doing, like I'm doing right now, talking and talking, right? And then you, as a learner, have to just listen to that. And Mm -hmm. they're not interacting. And that was a terrible way for me to learn as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was really, I needed, I'm a kinesthetic learner. I -hmm. have to be doing. If I don't do it and somebody's telling me about it, I, I won't even remember it
0: yeah yeah so you can see you know especially those of us that are kinesthetic learners the traditional classroom doesn't really support that because we're supposed to be quiet and sit in your seat and don't move
1: (laughs) what a nightmare right (laughs) yeah exactly Yeah. yeah no that's absolutely correct and and so you know certain types of schools recognize that i pretty sure that's where the Montessori school came mm-hmm. from, yes. Montessori and, you know, that idea that children should be moving and interacting more with their learning process. Um, I do feel that in the present day, there's a lot of great teachers and they have really come to recognize this now. It's no more, I mean, there's some that i stand up here and i point at a you know a whiteboard or whatever it is and you just sit there and write your notes i mean definitely there's some but there's a lot more interaction now sure you know, working in groups and you know whatever it is but they're just I, it, watching a lot of videos a lot of my students watch videos which is a little it changes it up you know, mm-hmm. so it's not just one person you know talking while the other while the student is trying to learn from yeah. that. so yeah, I do think there's definitely been some improvements in the academic world to, to attend to these various modalities.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, during this pandemic time, we're all kind of, we are all creating what's going to be the new norm, uh, a new way of being because we're not gonna be going backwards, that's for sure. Right, yeah.
1: right, yeah. this is, yes, it's, we, there will be many things that I think Again, my prediction only, but there'll be many things I think that we'll take out of this and think, you know what? It's a pretty good way to do things. And then there's obviously a lot of others. This, you know, the disconnect with only seeing people on screens. And I have, you know, graduate students right now who have literally not met another classmate or professor and undergrad students the entire year. Sure. They have never met them in person. Mm-hmm. You know, so and there's you know, that's not great for a lot of reasons that we can imagine, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting because I try to keep up on the on the broad spectrum research and all of these things are just so interconnected. You know, we can't separate out cognitive functions from biochemistry. Um, and in fact, you know, caring for our bodies, our minds and our spirits are really going to help us in terms of learning and, and also just developing our sense of purpose. Like, why am I here? Why am I learning this? What, you know, what is it that I need to get out of it? That's going to impact my life, but also impact the lives of others. So, yeah, yeah. So what three tips would you provide people in terms of this, um, learning, learning way of being? (laughs)
1: Are you referring now specifically to this, you know, pandemic
0: world? Are you saying or mm. well I would say, you know, we're we're in the pandemic, but we're moving forward. So I guess for moving forward. So it could you be know, you for said that. about
1: like this kind of like the healthcare world in general. Mm. Is that what you were referring to? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um
1: I I am not sure about that. Actually, um, I know we talked about ahead of time, like some things you might ask me. And when I looked at that, I had to say, I I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what I could really say about. I mean, as far as for testing, are you talking about more about neuropsychological
0: testing, so- or are you
1: talking about?
0: Yeah, tip, tips for families and, and, and even adult learners that may be struggling and may be feeling a little bit frustrated, anxious, yes. poorly about themselves. Um, yeah. what, tips, what tips would you okay. offer them in terms of moving forward? I guess then what I
1: might say to them is don't give up. Mm-hmm. And if you I've often thought with people, if you're smart enough to recognize that something is amiss, then it must be, Uh right? I mean, so a lot of people think like, you know, something's wrong, but everybody keeps telling me everything's okay. It probably isn't, Mm. right? So, you know, don't give up. Keep, you know, whether you find a doctor or in, you know, in my practice, a lot of times it's a neuropsychologist that you go to to have your testing done to find out, you know, what type of a learner you are or referrals to people like yourself, you know, a good dietician who can help get you back on track or a good academic organizational specialist like myself, right? Sure, sure. Just don't give up, whether it's for your child or whether it's for yourself. Just know this is something that you'll figure out the answer to, but you just have to, you know, you have to keep going. Yeah, you hit hit
0: upon something so important, which is, is to, if, if something feels amiss, it probably is. And so we have to learn to trust our guts and our intuition so yeah. much more. It's not giving it over to somebody else, but it's really staying within your being and saying, you know what, something just doesn't feel right and I need to explore that.
1: That's absolutely right. I just yeah. thought of one thing that uh, a parent came to me recently and um, said, I, I just can't believe, you know, I never did anything about this sooner. And first of all, the good thing is they were doing something about it then. You can't, yes. you know, worry about what didn't. It's more about like what we can do, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was that piece, but even more so, I guess, These parents always knew there was something amiss, but they just kind of, you know, the school said, "Oh no, student's fine," you know. But they knew, they they knew, and so they finally did, you know, they did come back to it. Luckily, and um, and this student's getting a lot of help now, so it has it has a good a good. Ending here for them. Yeah, that's
0: great. That's great. Wonderful. Well, this has been such an interesting, interesting, and wonderful conversation, Leslie. How can people connect with you?
1: They can always email me. It's Leslie L E S L E E. Middle initial L. Brooks B R O O K S at Gmail. Okay. And um, or they can check out my website, which is at Leslie L E S L E E L Brooks Beautiful. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. Great. So, folks, I hope that you gleaned some wonderful information today from Leslie and this conversation. And if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. Um, I'm on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness, and on YouTube at juliefreemanfunctionalmedicinelahoya Until next time.